listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bray Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're taking off another box from the 2020 Reading Glasses Reader Challenge, recommending a book on social media. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I'm listening to something. You'd be very proud of me. I am very proud. So uh, if you're, you know, living under a rock or listening to this in the future, if you're a time traveler, (laughs) (laughs) we're all quarantined. Um, And uh, I bet I've been going on these really long walks because walks are still allowed. And I've been listening to a book a friend recommended. She was reading it, um, like reading it, and I'm listening to it. But it's called... The Genius of Birds by Jennifer Ackerman. And it's a nonfiction book about birds. Bird book. You um, know what? That is the number one requested episode that we have. Wow. Is people really want us to do an episode about bird books. You know, my friend, I don't think she'd mind if I dropped if I dropped her name. If I, I gave her away. She's a bit of a birder. Her name's Jocelyn Donahue, but she's also an, an, a, a pretty famous actress. Uh, she was just in Dr. Jocelyn's Sleep. a birder? Yes. And so <laughs> I was texting her about, um, I put up a bird feeder in my front law in my front yard and I've been getting all these finches and my my stepdad gave me this bird feeder anyway this is a long story uh but all these finches have just they like the bird feeder sat empty for months like I'm not empty it was full of food but no birds and then all of a sudden these birds showed up and I was like wow what in the fuck and I was texting Jocelyn she was like well I'm a bit of a birder and I'm reading a bird book right now because we talk about what we're reading and I was like I'm getting into birds right now because of these (laughs) finches and um anyway it's a great sort of look at um bird brains <laughs> and i know listen this is where we're at in the quarantine um <laughs> I, I feel like there's certain avenues that happen when you're in quarantine there's the bread people there's the bird people yeah i've definitely become there's, a bird there's person. the fitness people there's like you have your own avenue of like weird shit you're gonna get into in quarantine <laughs> yeah definitely i um I, anyway, it's been very interesting. I've learned a lot about birds. I've learned about their social structures. I've learned uh, all sorts of things. It's a great fact book, a book to read. And then at a party, you can go, did you know that when a crow finds the body of another crow, it doesn't even know. It brings all the other crows co- to go look at it. And they don't know if they're mourning or if they're just like learning from the situation, but they all <laughs> will come over and take a look, you know, like stuff like that. You know, just interesting facts. It's, it's, it's a fun book. I really enjoy the listen. Um, I love this. What are you reading, Mallory? Uh, so I am reading a book called The Animals at Lockwood Manor by Jane Oh, I want to read this. Yeah, it's sort of like, what it's, it's a, I highly recommend it if you have read Sarah Waters and you want some more spooky English lesbian adventures. Mm. Uh, this book uh, is, it's really cool. It's definitely like, it feels like an old English ghost story. It's about this woman and she, it's in the, it's in the London, it's in London right before the Blitz. So like she works at um, this natural history museum, taking care of all the taxidermy there. And they're moving all of the animals to this English countryside manor that has, you know, only a few people living in it now to protect them if, if, you know, when London gets bombed and they get to the manor. And as you can imagine, things are a little spooky. The guy who runs the manor is a huge fucking asshole, but the guy's daughter, the lady of the house is a babe. (laughs) And this lady is like, Oh, I have, I don't know what to do. And like all this weird stuff happens. It is a very frustrating book because the guy, there's a lot of like look into sexism because the guy who runs the house is very dismissive of this woman who's supposed to be the director of this like erstwhile museum. Um, but it is very spooky. It's very fun. Definitely. Uh, it's again, if you have read 
every single Sarah Waters book and you're like, I want more English lesbians in spooky houses in, in the countryside. This is the book for you. Um, Oh, and we have uh, and we have a missive from Sean. Oh, that's right. That I saved to read. Sean, who is definitely in the in the bread camp. He sent us um, photos of uh, he made hot cross buns on on Easter, I guess. I didn't think that was like a real thing. Oh, yeah. You know, it feels like a thing, something that's too cute to make, like something that only <laughs> people would make an animal crossing. <laughs> um, nope. Well. Only Animal Crossing and Australian men. Oh, so Sean is reading Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. Uh, and he says, I'm reading this. Sorry, the email that he sent me has like a gigantic photo. So it takes me five years to scroll down. He says, I'm reading this and it's good. He didn't tell us what it's about though. <laughs> but that's what Sean is reading. He also made hot cross buns and also reading the tarting cookbook because I'm baking a lot. That is your update on Sean. <laughs> nice. So I am, I, Sean is reading uh, Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Avaristo, and I am reading The Animals at Lockwood Manor by Jane Healy. And I am listening to The Genius of Birds by Jennifer Ackerman. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Mike wrote in, I found out a few years ago that I could still get access to my school's libraries, in my case, for a fee. I recently looked around on Google for the policies at other schools. I'm assuming he means, I think he means colleges. Yeah, 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 I, I assume. Uh, policies at other schools and almost every other school near me offered access to alums as well. Is that what cool college people call the alumni? It is actually kind of. The alums. I'm an alum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think this should be an option for many glassers. I still rely on purchased audiobooks and Libby for most of my fiction, but I've picked up a few things at the college library. The big benefit for me has been the access to a much larger selection of nonfiction. I've read a bunch of programming books and the occasional journal art article, which have had a big impact on my work life. Beyond that, I really like being able to pick up more academic books. I often don't read them in their entirety, but it's really nice when I want something more in-depth or authoritative than Wikipedia. Hot tip. Hot tip, Mike. Thank you. And Julia wrote in saying, I wanted to share with you what my local book club has been doing since being isolated for COVID-19. Everyone picks their own book and reads it without, with, while placing post-it notes throughout with their thoughts. Once finished with the book, you leave it in the next person's mailbox. So far, it's been really fun being able to see other people's reactions sort of in real time. It's been nice a nice way to feel closer to someone without having to be in the same room. It also helps economically and practically because you only need one copy of the book. Oh my God, that's this so cute. wicked smart. I love that. Although I wonder how long you would have to leave. I think it's like three days you would have to leave, the, two or three days you'd have to leave the book in the mailbox for like, in case right, for, it's contaminated. Yeah, that's true. Although, yeah, I think, look, you could spray it on the cover a little bit with a hand sanitizer. <laughs> You're probably all right. Yeah, this might take a while, but I think this is a really cool idea. It would be really cool to like, while you're reading, see your friend's thoughts on post-it notes. I wonder if they leave people the post-it notes from the person before. Yes. Like, are there, oh, there's like 15 post-it notes on every, you know, like, you know I, what I mean, uh, from like different people? Yeah, I'm assuming that the last person who gets this is just fucking chock full of post-it notes. <laughs> That'd like, be really exciting. full of post-it notes. Uh, so you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about recommending books on social media, we're going to take a quick break. We are so thrilled at your interest in attending Hieronymus Wigginstaff's School for Heroism and Villainy. 
Wigan staff's beautiful campus boasts state-of-the-art facilities and instructors with real-world experience. We are also proud to say that our alumni have gone on to be professional heroes and villains in the most renowned kingdoms in the world. But of course, you are not applying to the main school, are you? You're applying for our sidekick and henchperson annex. You will still benefit from the school's amazing campus and you'll have a lifetime of steady employment. Of course, there's no guarantee how long that lifetime will be. Join the McRoys as they return to Dungeons and Dragons with the Adventure Zone Graduation every other Thursday on Maximum Fun or wherever podcasts are found. This week, we're ticking off another box on the Reading Glasses 2020 Reading Glasses Challenge, recommending a book on social media. Bria, Wait, how do are we you have doing? A, do we have the words reading glasses in our challenge twice? Is it the Reading Glasses 2020 Reading Glasses Challenge? Nope, it is definitely not. <laughs> reading glasses, reading glasses, reading glasses. The Reading Glasses 2020 Reading Glasses Challenge provided to you by Cully Reading Glasses. If you say reading glasses three times in the mirror, Bria comes out of your bathroom mirror and gives you a snack. <laughs> your, your hair turns blue. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, the reading glasses 2020 reading challenge. <laughs> Recommending a book on social media. <laughs> Bria, how are you doing on your reading glasses, reading glasses, reading glasses challenge? <laughs> um, I am six for 10. I just went through and figured it out. Um, I'm sort of on my way on a few others. There's a few that I'm definitely, they're not going to be like, I think I'm six or 10 on ones that I'm like, oh yeah, obviously I'm going to do those regardless, but I'm four, have four left of ones that I'm like, ah, crap, that's something I'm going to have to like, it's a reach for me. You know what I mean? Like that, I feel like there are ones we'll renew, they would be reaches for us. And that's, those are the ones I have left. Yes. I am actually in the same boat. I am six for 10. Um, not bad, but we're also only in April. So I think we're doing pretty well considering we're not even halfway through the year yet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, so have you recommended a book on social media yet? Well, so I've done a pretty good job of talking about what I'm reading about. That's been something I've done since sort of the beginning of the year. Um, I have been trying to take a photo. I've missed a few, unfortunately, but I've taken a photo of like the cover or whatever, the little e-cover or the regular cover of the book and putting them on my Insta stories. Um, Oh, you have been really good about that. Yeah. And then I have made a little Insta story. What do you call that on the cover of your thing where it's like you, you can have permanent stories? I think it's a saved story or highlights. I think they're called highlights. I have a highlights just for books now. So it's like you can see oh, all the books. Oh, nice. And I've kind of been, I'm oh, like, oh, this is going to, it's going to get really big really fast. So that's my only <laughs> concern. So I've kind of been going through and adding books and I've been calling it a little bit as I go, but it is, it, you can see the books like I love the most, like in that, um, in, in the books section of my highlights, mm-hmm. which is really exciting. But I did recommend, well, when I was writing this, I was like, I should recommend a book because um, I can't remember if I've actually recommended a book. But on those highlights, I am like, loved this or I'm so into this or something. If I've just started I it, I'm, I'm not really saying anything. But um, but I did recommend Grady Hendrix's new book today, today when we recorded this, because I saw that he was talking about it. Apparently, it's, it's like sold out places. It's so, so Someone good. told me. Yeah, it, um, but it, it, it made like one of the best books of the year or be, like it was like best books of spring, best books of April. Like it's doing really well. Yeah, it's great. It's really well written. Um, so I definitely recommended that, but I, sh- I should be better about it. But I think having this like 
immediate like, okay, take the photo, know that you, I've done it is helpful for me. Cause it like, yes. it has like, there's like a process to it, you know? Cause there's a lot of books I like a lot. And then I just forget to put them on there and I won't recommend them like just doing a straight up like tweet or something. Um, I feel like you have like a, like a 24 hour window after you finished a book that you like to post about it. Cause if you let it go any longer, you're just never going to. Exactly. I know. Unless I see someone else posting about it and then I'll like retweet and be like, I did, I loved this. You know, like I kind of like suddenly will yeah. remember how much I like it. Um, yeah. What about you? How are you, how are you doing on this, on this reading glasses, reading glasses challenge? I am getting, uh, I am doing okay with this. Um, I have recommended several. One of my pet peeves is when I post a book that I, I say like, oh, I'm like, oh, I just started this. And people are like, how is it? I'm like, I don't know. I just started it. Why are you asking me? Uh, but I did one in particular that I recommended because I fucking fell in love with it. It's one of my favorite books of the year is We Ride Upon Sticks by Quan Berry, which I recently talked about on the show. I loved it so fucking much and I Instagrammed it and I tweeted about it. I could stop talking about it for a few days and like, ugh, I'm gonna, but I'm, tr- I'm gonna try to get better when I read a book. And I, actually, I think I recommended Samantha Irby's new book on there as well um, on, on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, so I'm trying to get better about it. And so we put this challenge on the list because like we were just talking about, it's an important thing to do because if you don't remember, you're going to, if you don't do it right away, you're probably going to forget. It's also such an important thing for the life of a book, you know, especially right now. So many books rely on word of mouth. So many people get their book recommendations on social media, especially, I feel like there is like a special kind of book person that likes books, but isn't on Goodreads. Like they, it's the mm-hmm. kind of person who only reads like, you know, a few books a year and it's like not deeply enmeshed in like bookish culture and is not on Goodreads all the time. And it's the kind of person that like sees a book that a bunch of people are recommending on social media and they're like, Ooh, I want to read that. Um, so those kinds of people definitely rely on Instagram and Twitter. And I think all of us have definitely picked up a book, um, or lo- even looked it up because we've seen somebody on t- talking about it on social media. And I think it's something that we should all get in the habit of doing. Well, it takes a little bit more effort. To, you can go to Goodreads and give it a rating really fast. And that's kind of like, okay. Uh, but it takes more effort to compose a tweet or compose an Instagram post or something. That's that's. So I think I take a little bit more stock or is that the right word? I give it a little more, bit more credit when they, when they put yeah. it on social media. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't yeah. even think like about we, that, but I think that's true. Um, I actually, so I used to be much better about this. You remember when I used to post a photo of like every single book that I was reading on Instagram? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But sometimes I would like stop reading it or I wouldn't like it or I would hate it. And then I would feel weird that I posted about it because I'm like, oh, I just like signal boosted this book that I hated. So then I thought, oh, I'll just post photos of books that I finished and then I would fucking forget. So I got really out of the habit out of it. And I've been trying to take a moment when I finish a book I love, like, because now I do it in my BookBuddy app. Um, so when I rate a book, if it's like a, if it's a four and a half star or above on book buddy, I try to post a photo of it. Yeah, that's good. I like that system. I love your little book section of your highlights though. I think that's a hot book tip. I think there's a, I think there's an author that I know. There's a few authors that I know that have also done that. Yeah. Um, I saw it on somebody else's. I saw it on somebody's Instagram. I feel like it was a director or somebody, but I was like, oh, it's cool to know what this person reads. Like, is this just like sort of a nice, like like thing to see especially if you're like looking at some you're like what's this person's life about you kind of get to know a little bit more about them by what they're reading you know me oh, for I sure. definitely care uh also tip book tip if you are posting it on twitter um if you're posting a photo of the book remember to include the title and the author in the description of the tweet 
uh, in the description of the photo or the tweet itself, uh, like there's a lot of visually impaired people who use apps to read social media and I'll read them out, read the words out to them. Um, but if you just post a photo of the book and like, Hey, I loved this, then they can't see, like they can't get access. Like the, the, the app doesn't, can't scan the photo and read the title of the, of the book. Um, so including descriptions of photos or gifts and, and, and tweets. I mean, and, and you should do this with everything. I'm trying to get better about it. Uh, cause I forget, but it's something I'm, I'm trying to do all the time is really, really helpful for those people. Yeah. I need to be better about that. Cause I definitely don't. Cause it's so much easier to not look things up and to just like yeah. take a photo and be like reading, you know, like that's, yeah. that's so much easier, but you're right. Definitely should do that. Or at least like hashtag their name or something, you know? Yeah. Also it helps, you know, if you really loved it, you know, using a hashtag, for other people to see it is great. This is also a great way to make bookish friends online. So, and get connected with the bookish community. Um, Cause if you have a hashtag and it's associated oh, yeah. with, with books, right? Um, yeah. Like you tag the publisher, tag the imprint. They probably will retweet you. Um, I know past guests of the show, Dong Wan, uh, he he retweeted something because I or he like reposted something that I was posting about because I was reading a book of his that I really enjoyed. Um mm-hmm. Uh, but people love talking about books they love and especially, you know, if you are involved and you're involved in the promotion of that book or you're involved in the making of that book, you're going to be searching for that hashtag for sure. Yeah, it's it's all like I've definitely started following people because I'm like if I see them tweeting about a book that I really like, I'm like, oh, they like the same stuff as me. I want to be their friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so also just in case to make sure that we're covering all our bases here. This challenge is for recommending a book on social media, not just talking about it. If you hated a book and post about it, that does not count for this. No, this totally no. No, <laughs> it doesn't. Count. And if you really want to do that, that's fine. Uh, do not tag the author in it. Don't be a trash baby. Right. It's like the, it's like the reading glasses anti-challenge. Like, yeah. If you- don't hashtag them. Don't tag the author. Don't tag the publisher. You know what I mean? Like, don't tag people if you're going to just be saying you don't like the book. Yeah. So authors are having a lot of they're having a tough time right now. So many bookstores are closed, libraries are closed, Amazon has deprioritized books, and book tours are being canceled. Someone in this duo had a book tour canceled. (laughs) Wasn't me. Sure did. Uh, (laughs) Well, you had a Um, film tour canceled. That's true. Um, so word of mouth on social media is really the quickest and easiest way to help out an author that you love. And people are looking for stuff to read right now. So it's a good time to go recommend your favorite authors. I think people, authors will really appreciate it. And people will appreciate knowing what they should read. If you found a book to be really helpful during this time, if you found something yeah. really escapist, if you found something really meaningful, I think people would really enjoy it right now. Yeah. And if you do love it, tag the author in the tweet because that might make the author's day because authors are very sad right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's very true. I feel like books are having a moment uh, and puzzles. Everybody is doing fucking puzzles. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely some sort of conspiracy theory out there where COVID-19 was uh, created by a puzzle maker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can always tell people who don't have cats because those are the ones who are doing puzzles. Oh, (laughs) because cats like knock them off or something. Oh, my cats would eat that puzzle whole. They would just eat oh, every piece. Okay. It, either eat it or knock it off or sit directly on the middle of it. Wow. There's okay. no possible way for me to do a puzzle. Although I do love one. I do love uh, a puzzle so, too. Yeah, that, that, that might be a hot quarantine tip is do a puzzle while listening to an audiobook. Ooh, if anyone's in a good book puzzle, send us that. I'm curious about that. Oh my that. God. I would love puzzles that were like book covers. That would be so good. Be super cute. Yes, send us your hot puzzle tips. 
You can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com before we check out some very tasty book tech. And we're going to take a quick break. (laughs) Hello, this is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. And so I have to write material that makes sense and makes people laugh. I also have to think about what I'm saying to people. If I kick your ass, I'll make you famous. The fight to get LGBTQ representation in the show. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. I really just became a political speechwriter by accident, realizing that I have accidentally uh, hold my pants down. <laughs> Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. It's like if the guinea pig was complicit in helping the scientist. So it's time to look at some book tech advances in bookish technology, except this week it's not technology, it's snacks. So That's right. <laughs> uh, we put some reading snacks on our Amazon wish list, and Bria's mom got them for us. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Uh, I have a very good mom. We got a lot of boxes of these. This is the Bria's sad part. mom's the best. Um, do you want to describe what they are? By the way, not only are they snacks for hanging out, they're also snacks for podcasting because I'm eating them right now. <laughs> so I will say they are the Enjoy Life brand of cookies. They are vegan. They are gluten-free. These ones are double chocolate brownie, and they are soft-baked cookies, not hard cookies. They are soft-baked cookies. <laughs> Bria, you are the... And I will, before we get into this, I do want to say that this tipped off an epic uh, saga of reading snacks with me and Bria, and we have yeah. decided that we are going to do a whole episode on reading snacks. Uh, we are both collecting thoughts on social media. I started a Twitter thread. There is a big, I'm keeping a tally. I am hold it having, showing Bria right now. Yes. Of all We're the on FaceTime, top- by the way. So everything we show each other, we have to hold up to a phone. <laughs> uh, we are tallying all the top reading snacks and we are coming up with a scale, a, a series of uh, requirements that uh, a, a, a snack must be judged by to make it a good reading snack. Uh, so if you want to email, you can email us, you can tweet at us, you can send your send your us your your preferred reading snack. Wait, uh, what is at br- the top of the snack? The the Cur- tweet. Currently, uh, gummies is winning. Gummies, really? Gummies, gummies is, the, is top the top reading snack. Okay, tip topped. I think. Well, because it is no no crumbs. Yeah, no sticky fingers. Sugar keeps you. You can eat. It. You can you. eat it with one hand. You don't need to see, look at it while you're eating it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It, it's a it's a dark horse. It's a it's a uh, come from behind favorite. I'm very intrigued. Um, uh, okay. All right, Bria, tell us what you think of these cookies now, and if whether or not they're good reading snacks. Now I apologize to Mallory because all of the reading snacks are very Bria based. Meaning I have a lot. I will of say allergies. I did not choose. I did not choose any of the reading snacks. I have a lot of allergies, so I uh, there's a lot of things I can't eat. Um, these are free from gluten, wheat, and um, dairy, which is yeah, they're totally that I vegan. Stay, stay away from. Yeah, they're totally vegan. Uh, but those things all make me sick. And so um, these, I ordered these. I like this brand a lot. Enjoy Life. I I like them because they have it very 
simply written on the side. This is for all the allergy. Shout out to all my people with stomach issues out there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, It tells you on the side everything it's free from. So if you also are allergic to, you know, soy or something like that, it actually, it says it on the side. So I really like them. I think this brand is sort of designed for um, uh, like, like schools, like schools, because it's free. It always says like free of the top seven allergens or something. So like you can take. Are them you to saying your this is a kid snack? A little bit, I think, because I think you can take it to a school and all the kids are like, oh, that like all these kids who have various allergies, you can like find out very quickly that enjoy yeah. life. You can enjoy them with allergies. <laughs> they should sponsor me. Um, so I was truly it is criminal that we've never been sponsored by a snack company. <laughs> it's criminal. So I added these because I have actually never had this type of enjoy life uh, cookie. It's a yeah, because it's soft, which I was excited about. I prefer a soft. Wow. Sean, when he gets this, he's going to be so mad that we talked about this for so long. (laughs) Sean is going to be truly disgusted with us. Sean sent me a text one day that said, do you know you reviewed a, uh, uh, the, the little speaker for the, for the, um, (laughs) for the shower for like eight minutes. He's like, that is way too long. (laughs) Listen, Sean, this this is the hard-hitting journalism that people expect from us here, reading glasses. Anyway, I love these. Uh, I would be lying if I said we haven't already eaten two boxes. Mallory, here's the thing that happened that I have to come clean about for you. Oh, boy. We got six boxes of these, and I... (laughs) Looked at John and I said, well, I'm going to give Mallory two because, you know, there's two of us. I eat a lot of snacks. I'm going to give her two. And he was like, you should only give her one because you're going to be really mad you gave her two. (laughs) So, Mallory, I hoarded these snacks. I'm the problem. I'm a snack hoarder. I am. Mallory actually looks mad at me right now. (laughs) I'm the toilet paper person. I just love that I was lured into this false sense of generosity where you're like, my mom got us some boxes of cookies. I'll give you one. Little to know, little did I know that I got a fifth of that hoard. No, no you got being a, half a sixth. Of, you got one sixth. Oh, a sixth. Oh my God. We regret. Um, I will say this. Listen, <laughs> you just learned so much about me through that. I will give you another one uh, if we have to trade something at some point. Because, but because Bria's hoarding them, so them to quickly. use them as bargaining chips when she wants we, things. We've already eaten two boxes. I wouldn't even have a box to review right now if I'd given you some. I would have boxes anyway. I'm enjoying these a lot. Obviously, oh, these have they're soft. They have a nice chocolate chip you can find inside a little chocolate chip surprise. Uh, <laughs> that's exciting because uh, they're double chocolate not- brownie. What they don't tell you is there's chocolate chips also. Which is great, but they're on. The, you can see them on the box. Yeah, it doesn't tell you though. But uh, but I'm listen. I was I was ready for the chocolate chips. I yeah, on the them. box it just it points to the cookies and it says ancient grains. It doesn't say anything about what people actually care about, which is <laughs> chocolate chips. Regarding the reading aspect, I do think these are good because not crummy. Yeah, you gonna take a bite? Your grant. Uh, <laughs> they're not crummy. You know what I mean? Like you take a bite and they're because they're. What does our life become, Bria? <laughs> We're both eating them now. Mallory, what do you think of these? I give these a five out of five pages. Um, I do think I would give these five out of five pages. People are going to be really five mad. AMS, ASMR people are going to be really mad that we're eating on the podcast. Six out of six boxes of cookies for this one. <laughs> uh, I do think these are really good reading snacks. I'm actually a crispy cookie person myself. Wow. Um, wow. I like a crisp. Um, 
but I think soft baked is the way to go for reading. You know, there's less crumbs, there's less stuff stuck to your fingers. Um, again, we are coming up with a scale of how to rank reading snacks, and these cookies are definitely up there. Again, you don't have to look at them to eat them. Not a lot of crumbs, minimal hand residue. Uh, I, I think these are a pretty top cookie snack, although like most cookies, you don't want to, I mean, I would say you don't want to eat a whole box, but maybe you're like Bria Grant. And I think I ate a whole box in a day. It's crazy. Um, so what do you give them? Six out of six cookie boxes? <laughs> six out of six cookie boxes. Where's your wife? Um... I will say I like the Snickers, Snickerdoodle flavor of this brand better. Oh, I've never had it. Oh, the Snickerdoodles are incredible. I just buy their, um, they have like chocolate pieces that I buy, like chocolate chunks or something. So that's why I like the brand. But yeah, I guess I'll yeah. try that. So if you want to send us some book tech or snacks to test out, you can email readingglassespodcast.gmail.com or you can check out the show notes for our Amazon wish list. Bria has put a lot of snacks on there. We also just want to say shout out to listener Amanda, to Glasser Amanda. Wow. We got Amazon gift cards for Mallory, me, and Sean, which we're very excited about. I haven't spent mine yet. Have you? She made This made me cry. I'm spending yeah. mine on cat food. Oh, wow. That's really nice. <laughs> she actually okay. said we did not have to spend it on things to review. Um, but that was very nice. It was, it, it was so thoughtful. It was re- it's really nice because we're, you know. Where everyone's having a tough time right now, and it was so generous. It made me cry, and I held my cats, and I was like, I'm going to get you guys some food. Oh, that's very sweet. I um, I might buy some snacks, or I might <laughs> buy a, a book once all this is over, because, you know, we're not supposed to be shipping non-essential items, so I'm trying not to buy non-essential items. Um, But yeah, thank you, listener, and thank you for, thank you, mom. <laughs> thank you, Dawn, which is Bria's mom, who is one of the best moms ever. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Mary wrote in, hello, I frequently find myself deep in a book asking myself, wait, who exactly is this character again? How are they connected to everyone else? Even if I love the book, does this happen to you? Do you have any favorite resources to help you out with this? Unfortunately, most books don't have Game of Thrones level fandoms out there making easily findable wikis. When I Google around, I usually find little more than paid summaries meant for students who don't want to read the book for class. I think the correct solution is for me to jot down a note for each character as they come up, but I don't often realize beforehand that a book will have such a large large cast that I'd need to do that until it's too late. How do you deal with this? Bria, does this happen to you? Yes, actually. I'm glad Marion's brought this up because it happens to me all the time. Um, what I usually do is I just plow right on through uh, and I try to figure out who the fuck it is with using context clues. Um, because I e-read and flipping back is really tough when you e-read because then you're like, oh, I, do I go back 10%? Like, it's like, it's confusing. Yeah. This is a problem for me in a book I was reading recently and eventually um, I just I just would figure it out. Like, this, there's a lot of characters in this book. They were jumping around a lot. I loved the book, but I was like, I, and and the, I think the thing that I that really the conclusion I came to because I was thinking about this a lot with this book is that if it's a good writer they're going to give you context clues to figure out who these people are right like I think that I mean if you love the book and they aren't giving you context clues then I think you need to find another solution but I think eventually you will be told by the writer um, I also think if you are really concerned about it before you start reading maybe you could do a quick flip through and this is actually where one of those speed reading things might come in handy that we talked about like a quick speed through to kind of see how many names um 
you know, in each chapter, is there a lot of people they're talking about? Is that an insane idea, Mallory? I don't know. This is just what I started thinking no. of that might help so Mary doesn't have to write down every single character and it turns out there's only like three characters in the book. <laughs> or this yeah. character never returns or something. Yeah. No, I don't think that's a bad idea. Like, I was thinking about The Stand because that has a shit ton of characters and I read that and it was confusing. Sometimes I was like, who is this again? And then I'm, and then Stephen King will give you enough context clues and you'd eventually figure it out, you know? Yeah. But I do think... You could probably make a list of the stand knowing there's a shit ton of people in the stand and and going through and knowing who the characters are. And I like that Mary is like this involved in her reading. You know, she wants to know who these characters are. I think that that is like a really nice engagement of reading. So I'm for it if she wants to be writing them down. I I think Mary is a better reader than me. (laughs) I mean, it definitely happens to me all the time, even if a book isn't like a big fantasy book or a big genre book. Um, I will say for me personally, jotting down every character sounds like a nightmare. Uh, For me, it would make reading not fun because then I would have to like stop my flow of reading. So I think like hats off to Mary because that is some like reading dedication that I could not ever get to. Um, my solution is to don't fucking worry about it. Just same as you. I, I really think mm-hmm. uh, if you do a quick if you do a quick Google search, which I actually always like to avoid because it'll probably show show me some spoilers. Uh, so I don't want to do that. I, I will occasionally flip back in the book, and if nothing comes up, I just don't worry about it. If a character is so minor that you forget who they are, they probably are not going to be a big deal later on. And if they are, and the author has made it tough to remember who they are and what their deal is, that's not your problem. Like you said, a good writer is going to give you enough context clues. So you're like, oh, that fucking guy. Um, it's okay. Uh, and it's not your fault. It's, it's just, it's, it happens to everybody. I, I just keep reading. You know, maybe my memory will get jogged. Maybe the author will do a quick callback. So you remember, if not, the character just probably isn't worth worrying about. Yeah. Although I can see if Mary just wants to like have a little post-it next to the book and writes down like, Mary, reader, you know, like at the beginning uh, when you meet a character, I don't think that that's that crazy of a thing to do. I don't think it would take that long, you know? I think you're you're a much better reader than me. Well, with these big old fantasy books, I could see why Mary would be concerned about it. You know, like if you're reading yeah. like a honking fantasy and you're like, who is this? They've been around for 200 years. You know, like you have to like figure this stuff no, out. I def- I no, that. I think that Mary has this good idea. I just wouldn't do it myself. Sure. And I, I do some, like, uh, like didn't Gideon the Ninth have like a... Um, a list of all the characters. There's a lot of fantasy books that have a list of the characters at the beginning for this very reason. Right. Um, I read mostly literary fiction and horror, so this doesn't happen to me a ton, but it definitely does. Uh, it happened to, sometimes it'll happen to me in thrillers where like you'll get towards the end of the book and they'll bring up like a character that you weren't like, they're, like the author was tr- purposely trying to obfusc- obfuscate a little bit so you wouldn't like guess that they were involved in some way. Oh and my I'll God. Like, Wait, who the fuck is this guy? So if you're a person who wants to figure out the thriller, maybe this is the way you do it. You write all the character names down and then you can kind of like eliminate them as you decide that the who, the who done it of it Ooh. all. Does this count as annotating a book for our challenge? I actually was going to bring that up too. I think it does. I think it does. I think that like writing down the character names, I think any sort of little written note that has to do with you and the way you are digesting the book is annotating the book. Yeah. Any sort of way of writing, writing something down from the book that makes your enjoyment of the book deeper and better. I think that counts as annotating for sure. Yeah. 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 So Mary, hats off to you. Uh, I think you are a fantastic reader. I don't think this is weird at all for you to do, but also I think that you shouldn't worry about it as much. Because that's, you know, it's fine. Let the author do a little bit more work. Yeah, agreed. So 
If you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who are on our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, if you want to support us and look extremely sexy while doing so, you could buy Reading Glasses t-shirts and tote bags and, and bookmarks and now stickers in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. I want to shout out uh, listener Kelsey Cooper who her and her husband partner uh made reading glasses merch in animal crossing oh wow so cute so adorable like the coolest fucking thing mm-hmm. amazing uh i think she posted about it on twitter and in, in, in the facebook group if people are interested in i don't know anything about animal crossing so i don't know how people share in that or whatever but i think that's like it's a third thing it's like you get into birds bread or animal crossing <laughs> so many one of those animal crossing. i don't understand it but it seems very entertaining it seems very wholesome which mm-hmm. is nice uh but there's a link in the show notes if you want to check that out and if you want to help us out for free you can rate and review us on itunes i think we're almost at 950 right now which is exciting getting there uh it's great for us it helps us reach more listeners it makes us feel good about ourselves and you can always email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading g podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for for reading. reading maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned Audience supported.